This Can Do Podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather is clear, can do, can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome everyone back to Season 3 of Can Do, the podcast about all things horse racing, some history, some handicapping, and some humor. I'm honored to be joined today by our guests, Leon Nichols, Calvin Davis, Jerry Fife, Jim Natsis. Uh, Leon, I first came across your name this winter, I was sitting out there in California before the Kentucky Derby, and I read this fascinating article in the Los Angeles Times about you and your team's efforts to help restore African American Cemetery Number 2 in Lexington, which, um, for those of our listeners who don't know, it's the final burial place of many of the leading lights of our sport back in the 1880s, specifically some black jockeys who um, were quite accomplished in the sport. The names that I saw in there were Oliver Lewis. He was the winner of the first Kentucky Derby on Aristides. Um, Isaac Murphy, I believe, is now interred at the Kentucky Horse Park, right? Um, And he rode three Kentucky Derby winners. And one of the things I found out that was really interesting about Isaac is he was also renowned for his his honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Okay. All right. He was actually offered, I understand, at one point, um, big money to basically stiff oh, a horse mm-hmm. called Falsetto that was mm-hmm. a champion, and he turned it down. That's right, he yeah. would not do it, and that's 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 to be uh, to be honored. And um, there was one other name, and I'm forgetting it now. Um, Sue Perkins. Yeah. Thank you, Sue Perkins, as well. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Youngest, one of the youngest um, uh, Kentucky Derby winners uh, at age 15. He, along with Lon- Lonnie Clayton, uh, will always go down in Derby history or lore as the youngest two um, Kentucky Derby winners in the history of, of of the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, all, you know, all these famous names that, unfortunately, uh, I don't want to say have they haven't been forgotten, thanks mm-hmm. to efforts of the folks like you. But, you know, a place where they should be honored was ended up in some disarray, which is really right. pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who have listened to our podcast, and you guys know that we're very interested in the history of our sport here. Um, and when I heard about your efforts, mm-hmm. um, you know, through the magic of the internet, I was able to track you down. Some call it stalking. I, I would say it's more <laughs> tracking you down, you know, uh, and we connected and, sure. you know, the whole conversation kind of bloomed from there, blossomed mm-hmm. from there. Cause mm-hmm. the first thing was obviously the efforts you guys are making to honor our sports past. But one of the things that it really attracted me as well was the way that you're trying to build the future of our sport sure. also. Sure. And, in, and in some ways using that history to build a platform, to grow interest in our sport, Right. For and that future, right? Most importantly, to develop new fan bases. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that's what our sport needs right now. And um, we recognize an opportunity through um, the history uh, as a means to be a vehicle to really drive that that audience. And uh, I think Calvin, Jim, Jerry, myself, and, and, and there's others a part of the team. But we've literally traveled the country um, and, and sort of 
sharing the story and this history um, with various people. And and ten years late, well, almost twelve, 12 years, years later, twelve years, years later, later. Um, we've established new markets in in New York and Atlanta and Detroit. Um, now, probably likely L.A. Um, of of within the African American community, um, they're doing now derby parties or derby events um, oh, to, to recognize that past. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was, you know, uh, seeing that develop in front of our eyes. I, I think for me, it was very inspirational because it, it it really shows the industry. You know, this history is is it's it's important. It's um, it really gives us an opportunity to have a shared vested interest in the sport. And uh, I, I think if we use it, continue to use it as a vehicle to really uh, bring people together. I, I think there's opportunities for continued growth. So we all we all have stories about how we got started in racing, right? I was just mm-hmm. t- telling you guys I was recording a session this morning. I was talking about fair racing back in my home state of Massachusetts. And I grew up uh, about a mile away from the Weymouth Fair where we used to have cheap claimers run for two weeks every <laughs> summer. And you know, a young lad like me was able to go down there and make 50 cents a day cleaning out stalls and <laughs> 50 cents went to my big brother who made some bets for me, right? Because <laughs> uh, even then I couldn't get to the windows. But uh, I'm, I'm interested how you go, you folks got your start in racing because everyone gets a start somewhere and those are always pretty interesting stories, I think. Well, you want to go? Well, you know, I'll just tell you, uh, Bill, um, my dad worked with Trotters. Um, okay. Far as back as I can remember as a, as a young kid, um, my dad coming in from work, my, my dad walked with a limp mm-hmm. and everyone knew him around the farm. They called him hop, um, and due to that, that walk. But, but my dad, um, uh, pretty much did just about everything when he came to taking care of the horses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he would, would snatch me up and, and, uh, take me out with him. And, uh, I would go out in, out in Simpsonville, Crabtree stables. Okay. Um, we would, we would, uh, go into the barns and, I would admire just how huge these horses were, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the beauty of them, because these were trotters. Uh, and, and my dad had that reputation that he could work with any horse. A, a gentleman uh, in that field by the name of Mike Spencer, mm-hmm. uh, he's an African-American. Uh, he's won some of the highest honors in, in, in some of the fields he's he's uh, uh, participated in. And uh, he gives the credit all to my dad. He said, I never I never worked with the horse. Your dad showed me everything. Oh, so, my. So to mm-hmm. hear that and then the kind of, you know, the way I feel and the passion I have about the history, uh, to me, is just a direct connect uh, that gives me the drive to do what we're doing now. So, Oh, that's great. What about you, Leon? My background is really, it's, 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 it's a family background of, of uh, growing up in the industry, uh, as I like to say. I've got uncles who was a trainer, uh, several grooms, um, night watchmen. I mean, we've just been around the industry for as far as I can remember. Um, Cash three or four years old. Uh, <clears throat> my main interest in really the African American jockey um, um, was inspired by James Long. Um, James used to ride hon- uh, horses for my uncle uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties, and again, you know, the the the, the sport um, at that time was was predominantly white. Uh, mm-hmm. You had you know some some Latino um, persuasion uh, coming on the scene, but. For me, you know, it, it seeing this young man uh, ride this horse and garner all of this attention and go and going to the races and everything, mm-hmm. it just I, I was hooked. And, yeah, you know, but always been around the horses. Uh, we worked at the uh, training center uh, off of Russell K Road, and 
um, you know, it was just something that our our family always did. Um, you know, the men in the family, anyway. I mean, there was you know they held jobs as like I said, grooms, trainers, hot walkers, and 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 so it was really always around the industry. You know, one one of the stories I you know, of course, James um, is a part of the organization. He's since passed, but um, I used to hear him and Leon talk about uh, a story where he rode for Leon's uncle, and apparently James lost the race by nose and the uncle uh would beat him up every time he seen him he said right, they got you they finally got you i see <laughs> literally so so, so yeah. that, that, that was <laughs> that was uh, a story that i always thought was pretty pretty hilarious to hear james talk about he said man every time he sees me he says you pull the horse up didn't you they got you, <laughs> you didn't get so, the nose yeah, down. yeah so that that was always something fun to hear you know leon and him go back and forth about you know so yeah, a lot of times it does. I think almost inevitably it comes down through family connection. It, right? it really yeah. does. I mean, yeah. you just and and once you're around the animals, uh, they have such unique personalities, and you know, you can never get away from it. I know as an adult, you know, we we've taken on different roles, and Jerry, Calvin, and myself, we both met, and uh, while working in management at the uh, Kroger uh, company, and uh, you know, I used to just you know we all sit around and talk and share our our love and passion for horses and 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 Calvin and myself and then Jerry came from a marketing side of things and got a chance to show and expose some of the artifacts and things that I've kept mm -hmm. uh, along the along the uh, along the way and and then I'll... yeah it's kind of where I came in I I grew up you know playing soccer and sports and all that so it's it's all and I'm from Louisville so I grew up every year at the Derby or you know you know some kind of in, in installment of that going on in my life every year but when leon started to unfold all this stuff that he was and i was like my mouth just opened up and i was like do you know what you have here yeah yeah and this was the beginnings of it you know 12 years ago yeah. you know just sitting around his kitchen table and he's you know flopping out this flopping out that and all of a sudden it's just like Ta -da! everything opened up it's like we've got something here and that's where it came, that's where it came from. And it's yeah. like, we need to put this together. We need to tell the story and, and just, we started beating the bushes and, and just going from there. And that's how the, the friendship developed between the three of us and, and going on. So, yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Well, I met Leon about two years ago. I'm, I'm the outsider of the group <laughs> and I, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. And, but my dad, we, we had a family run cafeteria. My dad's a Greek immigrant and, uh, course being in a food business was such a common uh, uh work area for for greeks and uh he used to go to the track to cahokia downs at the time in fairmont park we had two tracks sure. right over in yeah. illinois yeah yeah and so there would also be the racing forums uh someone would bring the racing form in every uh, in in the late afternoon and i, I learned how to read them myself and we go there and i would they took me to Vegas later on when I was 21. I couldn't wait to get to Vegas because I was brought up in that culture. And then when I met Leon about two years ago, he was telling me about the stuff that these guys were involved in. And I was writing articles for Insider Louisville, which is a publication, unfortunately, just uh, seized operation uh, about two months ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought this was really interesting when he was talking about the history and also talking about the world games. Mm -hmm. And so I did an article and when I met these guys and we all came together for the article, it just was a nice synergy between us. We, we got along really well. They liked the way I wrote the article and it uh, pulled together the story that had never been pulled together the same way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, they 
just opened their arms to me and I found, you know, something with these guys and I've been it, with it, them ever since. It's a brotherhood, but it, yeah. it, I think what Jim was really able to do was he was really able to tie a timeline and cause we had never really had that done. We had been continuously working every year, you know, our phone rings from somebody who's wanting to want us to either do an exhibit or speaking engagement and so forth. And you, you, you know, you get caught up in the, uh, um, the run of that. And, and so, you know, when we, Jim and I had talked. Uh, our sons actually were playing on the same AAU basketball team, uh, but when he, you know, had a chance to to speak with us and everything, and I told the guys, I went back and told the guy, "Hey guys, I think I've got somebody who's going to do a story on us and everything." And I, that probably went away for about six months or so, and then um, an opportunity presented itself for Jim, and and so we all, you know, got together, collaborated, and really, you know, told our story. But when I looked at the finished product and what he had captured. Uh, the timeline, it, it just, it was an amazing uh, read, um, starting off with, you know, and I, I'm going to let Calvin really, you know, talk a little bit about his relationship with Young Brands. And at the time, Young Brands was the title sponsor of the Kentucky Derby. And, and well, uh, well, just a, just, just a little bit uh, upon, you know, Leon being the educator really uh, around the history. Um, I was so excited about it because to think, the very first Kentucky Derby being won by an African-American, you know, and I'm thinking how many times have I had a barbecue, you know, on Derby day and not know the history, you know, but once, you know, Leon came, he just laid all these boards and old newspaper clippings out and man, he just started saying, what do you know about this? And I mean, it's just like, wow. And he's like, you know, you know, the first uh, 28 runnings, 15 won by, you know, mm. African-American jockeys. And I'm just thinking, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, the likes of an Isaac Murphy, three-time Kentucky Derby winner. And I'm like, why doesn't anyone know this? Right, so, right. At the time, I was a, a, a GM at a restaurant and and I worked for Young Brands. Um, I just totally forgot about the business. <laughs> uh, I mean, this history just overwhelmed me. And so, so most of the times my guests would come in. I say, "Hey, you know anything about the black jockeys?" No, and I tell them, "Oh, wow!" And I, I would see them literally light up. Well, we were working with some artists at the time that we did have some paintings and pictures. I would I would bring those to work and kind of show those, and just just some of the reactions that I would get from some of the folks. Um, I realized we got to do something with this, and that's where we we all three got together and we brainstorm. And we just came up with a plan on how we wanted to kind of, you know, educate folks um, on the history. But it was uh, it was also part of, the, again, what we decided was, is, is you know, there is a niche market or a niche opportunity for really you know, to go down a fan development um, road. And right. that was a that was a great bridge. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, um. and we wanted to make sure the industry knew that, you know, we're, we're not trying to. Uh, be a deterrent or anything we just think that there is an audience out there that you know we can we can reconnect with bring bring, bring into back. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Exactly. yeah make it a positive thing not not browbeat someone <laughs> right, right. So, you know this these these were men who were in the thick of the dirty part of the history mm -hmm. they didn't concern themselves with that they right had a focus right, right. And yep. they were professional about what they did, and and they were successful, yep. extremely successful at what they did. I mean, you have the likes of Jimmy Winkfield who won here, too. right? But yeah. then yeah. you know was forced out of the industry instead of you know quitting, falling on himself and right. going, "I yeah, just got right. beat yeah. down." Yeah, he goes to Europe and becomes the 
the rider in Europe ever. He's 2,500 wins, and right. he won every single well, race, yeah. every single yeah. major yeah. race in Europe. For the czars, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, you you have someone who, who, in spite of all of those things, becomes successful. Yeah. And that's that's the, the the message that we want this history to bring out. We we don't want to browbeat anybody. That's it doesn't serve a purpose. But, so, but Jimmy Wingfield, you know this Wingfield's path to Europe and success over in Europe coincides with a lot of African American artists, expatriates, uh, expatriates. Exactly. Oh, that's a very good writers. writers yeah, and, right, uh, right, right, and, right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Wingfield it, it, was it, actually, and I think I got this right. Um, was it Lena Horn? Yep. Uh, Josephine Baker. But Josephine Baker. That's, that's one of the same yeah, I was thinking of. Really yeah. Friends, yeah. And so he ran with that crowd with yeah. Josephine Bre- uh, Baker, mm-hmm. and um, there was one of the what's the writer? It's a, a creative class of people. Yes, a lot of the, yeah. a people. Yep. The creative class uh, converged on mm-hmm. uh, in, in those areas in in Europe, uh, especially in France. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Wingfield is an example of that. And uh, interestingly, um, uh, Jean Cuguet, who was uh, sure. Uh, Seattle Slough. Jockey of Seattle Slough. Triple uh, Crown winner. Triple Crown, yeah. yeah, Triple Crown winner is uh, met Jimmy Wingfield uh, when he was back in France because Jean went back home. And we did an article on Jean, and we've been working with him and his wife. And, and we see that as a link of uh, – and we have a portrait of – Jean and Jimmy shaking hands back in France. Oh, man. And so it's sort of our, no kidding, our, our really. link to that may be in the uh, Triple Crown century. journal that I, that I gave yeah. you. That's, yeah, that's oh, is it in there? Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. All right. Oh, yeah. wow. That's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. You know, but but that's in, in <laughs> that's part of it. It, it. it You know, the racing industry, when we really leverage our assets, we bring people together. Because yeah. there's such unique stories and, and the foundation of the sport – I always say, you know, America in, in racing, we didn't really discover diversity uh, in horse racing had it there in the beginning. Right. Uh, right. And that's something to be <laughs> celebrated and really promoted. And, and just fast forwarding a little bit. So what we were able to do is as we formed a strategy, we really leaned on Calvin a lot. Mr. Calvin, um, is there any way that we can, you know, build a relationship with young brands? Sure. And, yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, again, that was that, a good handoff, by the way. And the way that came about, again, yeah. you know, I was, you know, KFC, yeah, yeah, through the KFC brand, mm-hmm. um, some of the folks I knew. Um, I was at the corporate office for a meeting that day, and again, I, I recognized their timeline, and um, I realized there was a, a a major part of the history that they didn't have. Uh, so that immediately gave me that motivation to really push forward. Um, you know, we ended up with talking with a gentleman by the name of Roger McClendon. Uh, Roger at the time was a chief sustainability officer, um, really uh, was a big history buff. Um, you know, he got involved and, and, and Roger getting involved, he really provided those resources for us to then um, start what we call the Isaac Murphy Image Award, um, which, Leon, I'll let you go and tell you a little bit about what that is. Well, but but that's. Roger provide those resources yeah. to make that let's, happen. Let's yeah. let's you know just go back a little bit. I don't I don't want to shortchange KFC. <laughs> right. <laughs> KFC was very instrumental before they were. before we you know got involved with BMW North Americas and the uh, mm-hmm. Yum Brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was KFC mm-hmm. and a gentleman right. uh, by the name of Jermaine Higgins um, right. who was running their multicultural department, mm-hmm. and I think Calvin had an opportunity to approach him. Mm-hmm. Um, about um, uh, doing a national marketing campaign mm-hmm. um, around the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That all thing came together just beautifully. Yeah, 2,000 stores nationwide, countertop promotion uh, material. 
Oh my gosh. Um, we linked with their uh in an uh their web website and so forth. Uh we did that around Black History Month. It ran from February on into the Kentucky Derby, oh, uh, say okay. around May. So So the winner of that promotion had the opportunity to um win a trip to the Kentucky Derby. And uh, again, that was a national promotion and that was it, it gave us a blueprint of okay, oh, this fantastic. can be very yeah. corporate friendly uh, <clears throat> yeah. in that sense. Yeah. And that that was very successful for KFC and for our brand because um, the following year or, or year and a half or so, we were able to approach BMW North America, uh, and we you know we, we happened as Calvin we talked about the framing or the forming of the Isaac Murphy Image Awards, and we wanted to use Isaac as a central figure um, because what he was able to accomplish in the world of sports uh, in his era, we thought that 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 his story was relatable to athletes of this era. And, and, and um, so we, we wanted to um, um, create an, uh, a sort of an, which actually turned out to be the first awards-based programming aligned with, that aligned with the Kentucky Derby. And I think, as we all talk about it oftenly, um, it served as a platform to really branch out uh, these awards programs with the NBA and the NFL because we were the first to really recognize those level of ta- well, that level of talent at the Kentucky Derby. I think our first year we when we partnered with BMW North America, uh, I think we had Marlon St. Julian, Allen Houston. Um, so what we, we recognize is that this is a, a again another great vehicle that uh, can bring, you know, uh, nationally known talent or figures to the community, have them be a part of the Kentucky Derby experience. uh, And everybody wins. The community wins. The Churchill Downs wins. And obviously uh, the creators of the Isaac Murphy Image Awards, we, we, you know, we win because the event uh, was held in West Louisville, which is sort of a um, um, a community in in, in Louisville that there there are some opportunities, uh, some challenges Mm -hmm. and opportunities for Mm -hmm. So, you know, we take pride in that and that we were able to bring such a, a, a major event to that area of town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, but, uh, it, it was just an unbelievable experience. And, and, and it was. Right. Well, when when you bring the likes of Angela Bassett in, into a big names. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And when Danny she Glover, walk, when I she think. Walks in, Glover, yeah. See, yeah. yeah. Danny yeah. Glover, you start to they start to see this. Yeah. And even they don't really know about this stuff. And mm-hmm. right. Cal- Calvin was actually met her and, and walked her through yeah. all of that. And yeah. she oh, was really? just blown. Yeah. Yeah. But it really it walked her through the history. And, and, and uh, our artist is uh, Audrey Menifee. Um, she's put together uh, what we call the Path Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping to be able to get Audrey on the phone or talk a little bit about it. But, um, but she's got this fabulous collection uh, that, that we, you know, she's branded as the path collection and it really gives you a visual aid or visual assistance as to the history. Um, mm-hmm. We have all the books and artifacts and everything that you can imagine. Uh, but we never really had that visual aid piece um, that, that um, she was able to put together. So along those lines, we, um, just recognize that there's a real opportunity here mm-hmm. um, um, for the community and 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 um, for the racing establishment. Um, I think one of the frustrating parts of it, you know, we had worked closely with BMW North America, and then Calvin brought Yum Brands to the table, and mm-hmm. um, as we know, the Yum Brands at some point had, had uh, ended their their association, yeah. association yep. and sponsorship with Churchill Downs. So we, you know, we knew what that meant for our respective organization. Um, but we also, you know, bringing the likes of Danny Glover, the Angela Bassett, Doug Williams, you know, first African American yep. to win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl, yeah, quarterback yep. to the community, and not really have any national <laughs> press uh, or any national um, 
I'll say funding. I think that was a little bit disappointing. And, and so we, we really put the event on hiatus and um, tried to formulate another plan as mm-hmm. to how can we get the resources that we need to really help grow the event to be what it what we see okay. uh, that it should be. Um, and then that was around the time that we connected with Jim and, and Jim um, captured that that information in the story. And we've had, you know, at that time we had uh, tremendous uh, uh, response from that story and mm-hmm. so forth. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then we were contacted by Simmons College, which is a historically black college in town. And then that. Oh, is well, it, no, not, it's not it's Simmons in Boston. Then. Okay, all right. Boston. Yeah. I'm trying, Actually, I'm trying to work Boston <laughs> in this a little bit. Yeah. It's a college that had laid dormant for quite a few years. And uh, thanks to the initiatives of uh, Reverend Cosby, who's the uh, current president and a, a very uh, strong African American leader in the community, mm-hmm. uh, the college has been brought back to uh, life and it's been doing very well. So we've been collaborating with them, uh, doing a, uh, a function, uh, a pre-derby function for the last two years that's uh, op- opened up new doors and opportunities for us. Uh, I just want I just want to add, though, that when I first talked to Leon, he was first talking about these uh, world games that mm-hmm. uh, we've been working on, which is something we'll be talking about uh, yep. further on. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting, but it wasn't until he, and I think he thought that I probably wouldn't be interested in, in the black jockey story. Jim, mm-hmm. tell us Initially. what you tell us what you really thought about when Leon was throwing all this but stuff at you. I wasn't sure what <laughs> the honest. heck he was talking about at first. <laughs> but was crazy, didn't you? but what, because it was a series of we, we were talking about this. He's kind of giving it to me a little bit at a time, trying to figure out what part of it this guy I might be interested in. Make sure. Yeah. I think I think Jim's actually worse. I thought this guy was crazy telling me about these world games and black jockeys. But when he started talking about the black jockey. And my brain starts clicking and thinking, <laughs> yeah. okay, Jackie Robinson. Uh, see, Jack yeah. Johnson, when we really get back into history, yeah. and then these yeah. guys preceded Jack sure. Johnson. As, yeah. as Jerry, his is infamous quote, not well, famous quote is, you know, before, you know, these were the the Kareems and the uh, the Jackie Robinsons yeah. Yeah. of uh, uh, first of, sports. Of the first sports. Sports. In sports fact, stars. as I yeah. think about it, they're probably really the first athletes Period. of anything <laughs> that anybody knew yeah. about yeah, that's true. before sports became. Sport but horse horse right. 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 And these guys yeah. were. Good you know, point. And they didn't know yeah. winning the Derby was a big deal back then either. Can you imagine if the guys could be resurrected now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and realize that they, they'd won something that was just a. What was Churchill Downs back then? Right. You know, it was just a little place where yeah. somebody was. It was Matt Wynn had the genius idea to, you know, create right. this race for three-year-olds. And, right. He traveled yeah. abroad. He yeah. went and saw what they were doing. I think was it the Epsom Derby and so I forth, that's uh, right. and, and wanted to bring that back yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to the states and and, and yeah. created that whole experience. And right. look at where we are now with that. Mm. So, uh, but in 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 that same um, aspect of everything, I think I think you know one we all really just were very passionate about what we wanted to do and yep. this vision and blueprint. And even now, I think this year we we you know obviously with the LA Times story, we we that that just the national interest and and you know people that have reached out and contacted us, um, um, it, it's just been phenomenal. So uh, we, so what's going all, on with the cemetery since that story? So what, what's, um, we're well, the cemetery they formed a committee. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm working with their committee. Um, there's some other initiatives that they're wanting to do. Um, 
to really highlight um, the, the the contributions of African-American uh, jockeys and trainers and so forth. Um, but the cemetery, in terms of what we're trying to do, is it's, it's an ongoing effort in terms of raising funds and, and yeah. getting people involved. <clears throat> and, you know, there's some talk about doing some um, tourism, uh, um, cultural tourism okay. opportunities right. yep. in terms of when people are here for the Derby, you know, there's the opportunity to go down and, and, and see sure, some of the They're sites. doing the bourbon trail and bourbon they're going trails. To you've got the all farms these other farm and, yeah, tours yeah, and exactly. so forth. Yeah. And that, Perfect. Yeah. that could yeah. be incorporated to that and, and really serve the, you well, know, be terrific. Uh, as yeah. a potential fundraiser and so yeah. forth. Um, but the organization that, that really runs that is, is based in Lexington and, and like any, you know, nonprofit, you know, they, they welcome any support uh, that anyone wants to uh, provide. Um, but we see a bigger, opportunity to really, you know, um, do some fundraising and, 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 um, um, really help, help, um, bury these gentlemen in, in the way that they deserve dignity. They, they were give the them dignity. Give yeah. them the, 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 yeah. well, and dignity. Another opportunity yeah. that has shown itself through, um, some of the things that have happened this year with the LA Times story and that we've been contacted by St. X high school, which is a Catholic private high school in Louisville. Um, they want us to come and, and talk to the students there uh, this year. And what they don't understand is right next door to their school is a cemetery where William Walker was buried. Mm-hmm. And William Walker is also a derby winner. Um, in in the sense of, of history goes, William Walker was a walking encyclopedia. That's right. He knew That's right. he knew the bloodlines of the mm-hmm. horses so well that oh, after his racing career, he was brought in as a Howard Cosell of Consultant. the mm-hmm. of the racing scene. And anybody who had a horse that was coming into race, they were, went to him. And what's the background on this horse? Where where did he come from? What did he do? You know, how what is his potential? Those kind of things. So he was he was that kind of thing. And you know, these students and and these these people don't understand that this. You know, right and next right door there. to him. Yeah. Right, right there. there. Well, and he, he was he was buried in an unmarked grave. When you're looking out the window during algebra class, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, think right, about what yeah, you're looking exactly. at. There. Yeah. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the, again, and, and, yeah. and that's part of you know, you see, that's where the community working together comes full circle. Because I think, um, I'm not certain on the timeline, but I know Lynn Renault, who at one point was a um, um, historian that worked for Churchill Downs, she found out that he was lying in an un- unmarked grave, and um, she really went to bat and and helped. Um, convinced Churchill Downs to to um, oh, nice. erect a, a gravestone. So now he has this big, beautiful gravestone mm-hmm. um, that's there. But, th- but those are the stories that currently exist. And that's kind of where we see ourselves as um, trying to get, you know, um, some of today's current stars and, and athletes and so forth to get them involved. In, uh, yeah, and this plays in well with the, uh, the Speed Art Museum is located in Louisville. Mm, it's, it's Kentucky's right. largest uh, art museum. And for the first time in, in, in their history, and they've been around for a very long time, uh, they're opening an exhibit in mid-November uh, in, into the month of March. It'll mm-hmm. be about a four-month exhibit. It's called Tales from the Turf, the Kentucky Horse from 1825 to 1950. Mm-hmm. So all the, all the artifacts and paintings or anything they get will be from that period, producing okay. that period. But uh, we'll be on that program. Uh, obviously, our paintings won't be part of that because they weren't produced ahead of time. But yep. it allows us to tell our part of the story uh, within the framework of, of this mm-hmm. exhibit. And they have uh, uh, educational community outreach programs. And we'll be there on opening night and then also uh, a few other dates throughout right. the exhibit period. Mm-hmm. Correct. So a couple of things. Uh, you, you mentioned PATH, and I want to make sure the listeners understand that's the Project to Preserve African-American Turf History. That's correct. Right? Right, right. And it's 
PPAATH.org? Yes, yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So yeah, they should. Find us at PPAATH.org. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking about this when we released this. I think one of the things I'd like to do to help out the cemetery piece, in particular mm-hmm. the fundraising, is maybe we can set up a corresponding GoFundMe page, you know, for oh, our perfect. listeners, hopefully, to put some out there. Because it's. Like I'm a history buff. This is how I why I started this podcast in the first place. And um, I think when you can go back and appreciate the lives who have gone before you, it makes you appreciate what you have that's right. today. That's great. right. Um, and I think that's that's really super important. And um, you know, so you know, as we've gotten to know each other too, it, 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 it what's really interesting to me is you guys haven't stop there it's it's this bridge from history to the future of the game right and 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 let's talk about that how you guys next week we'll publish part two of my interview with leon calvin jerry and jim to focus on a visionary plan they have for the future of our sport with their company bet the world entertainment when i first heard of their ideas i was struck by their originality the depth of their research in building a business plan, and their enthusiasm. It's a bold plan, and we can certainly all agree that our sport needs some bold thinking to keep it prominent in the field of the sporting public's vision. I think you will be interested, too, to hear what they have to say. Thanks for joining us as we kick off Season 3 of Can Do. We look forward to having you back again next week. Tell your friends and fellow racing enthusiasts about our podcast also, which can be found on the Perfecta Podcasting Network. And as always, may the horse be with you.